Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to 2022, or as we like to say it in the cricket season, Chew-O-20-Chew. Chew. Yeah? No? I thought that was very good. Um, it's a new year, right, with all the excitement that comes with that. Uh, most people, you know, celebrate the new year in some fashion. Uh, we had a quiet one this year, but if you're at Malulabar Beach, you know, on New Year's Eve, glad that you survived. Um, good job, because there's a bit of chaos that happens there. Um, and the reason why we celebrate the new year, this 2022, because in 2022, we're going to do more exercise, we're going to earn more money, we're going to spend more time with our, time with our families, we're going to lose weight, we're going to work less, right? Is that all the things we're going to do in 2022? In short, 2022 is going to be so much better than 2021, just like 2021 was so much better than 2020, right? Maybe. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will be great. Maybe it will be awful for you this year. We don't know yet. But we can be certain that there'll be some parts of this year which will be good and other parts which will bring us a great deal of disappointment. And so this morning, uh, I wanted to talk about disappointment because there's been a bit of that over the last few years. And the good thing is the Bible has a lot to say about disappointment. So we're going to read some of that this morning together. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Ezra 3 now, uh, which is, you know, towards the, oh, actually more of the middle of the Old Testament, really. And if you've, you know, doing the whole paper thing that Donnie's doing now, it'll take you a bit longer to find, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe you'll be faster. Um, Ezra 3, and uh, we're going to read a bit of that now. So we're going to start from verse 7, and it'll be on the screen if you'd like to, you know, just the screen. Um, and it's entitled, Rebuilding the Temple. It says this, uh, Then... They gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. Verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their, praise, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundations of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. I think this is a really interesting passage, which describes a very human situation. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with the story... You know, the time period where this is occurring is about 520 BC. And we need to understand some context to get the full picture of what's happening here. Seventy years before that, before this event, uh, the people of Israel, they were holed up in their capital city, Jerusalem, and they were under attack. So the Babylonian army, which is the superpower of the day, they had surrounded them. And for hundreds of years, since the time of David, their city had managed to survive any attacks from any superpower. 
and the many people in the city thought that because God was on their side, that they would always prevail in some way and they would survive. In their city, they had the temple of God, a massive ornate structure built by King Solomon, and it was the dwelling place of God. Inside this temple, they had the Ten Commandments, which had been given to them by God through Moses. The inside of the temple was decorated with all kinds of images of the Garden of Eden, the place where God walked with humans in the cool of the afternoon. This is the place where God's space and human space intersected and came close together. Therefore, God would always protect them, right? God would never let them be captured, nor allow his special house to be destroyed. Now, God was on their side, but there was a problem here. The people weren't really on God's side. They weren't listening to God anymore. They were not living his ways anymore. And they were no longer the light to the nations that they had been called to be. So when the Babylonian army came, God did not supernaturally intervene like he had in previous occasions. Instead, he allowed the city to be captured. And it was a pretty messy battle, as things were in those days. The city was destroyed. The leaders, the educated people, the artisans were captured and taken away to work in Babylon. It was a disaster of epic proportions for the nation. Worst of all, the temple of God, built by King Solomon, this marvelous structure which had stood for hundreds of years, was destroyed. And all of the holy items in it was taken away, including the Ark of the Covenant. The people were in exile in Babylon for 70 years, and then they were able to return home. What excellent news. And so a leader called Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, uh, he led the first group back to Jerusalem, and they began the rebuilding effort. So this is exciting. They were full of hope. They were going back home. They were going to make things right. They were going to rebuild their houses. They were going to rebuild the temple. They would be bringing peace the shalom of God to their ancient home. And they had everything they needed. You know what I mean? They had been given money from the Persians. And Ezekiel the prophet had prophesied about a new temple which would be built. And in the prophecy, it had a whole bunch of measurements in it, if you know what I mean. And it was going to be, they like had a blueprint that they could work from. And so they start work. And that brings us to the passage that I read earlier with the laying of the foundation of the new temple and the massive celebration that happened around it. But not everyone was pleased. Uh, Verses 11 and 12. And the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid while others shouted for joy. So some were overjoyed at what was happening. I'm sure... For some, this would have been one of the best days of their lives. They're back in their land. They're rebuilding the temple of their God. They're laying the foundation. Everything is awesome. And yet, others were having exactly the opposite experience. And you can understand why. I mean, the people had been exiled for 70 years. Most of them coming back had never seen the old temple. They'd lived all their lives in captivity. They had never had a place where God's space and human space came close together. They had never had that sense of intimacy with God, and they wanted it. But the oldies, who had seen the old temple, saw that what they were building was nothing compared to what used to be. The last temple, the Temple of Solomon, was amazingly spectacular. Now, we don't have any photos of it, 
but we do have descriptions in the Bible and people are very talented and they can create things from those pictures. So we've got this image of what we think Solomon's temple used to be like. It was a really amazing structure for the day. In comparison, the new temple is much more humble, both in size and its furnishing. It's like a tiny box compared to the last one. Here's what we think it probably would have looked like. Uh, so, um, but I think what is even more interesting is while the people were in exile, you know, Ezekiel prophesied about a new temple, temple, and in it he listed all these dimensions, you know, of this new temple, and it was going to be massive. But then all they did was build this. I mean, uh, if it was me, it'd be great. You know, I wouldn't have to organize an architect or something like that. I've already had all the plans already laid out for me. But unfortunately, uh, they didn't build Ezekiel's temple. And the reason why they didn't is because they couldn't. Uh, They didn't have the money or the resources. They built what they could. It's kind of like Lego. Does anyone here like Lego? Just say you had a Lego, uh, you know, instructions for a spaceship right and there's all look at this, look at this spaceship it's huge and look at all these cool like there's like 100 pages of instructions here to build this great big lego spaceship now once i've got the instructions is that all i need do i need something else to build it with i need 1381 lego pieces to build that one what happened and they're all gray so what could i do if i only had a hundred pieces of lego I'd build that one. <laughs> it's the same ship, but it's not. <laughs> so that was what it was like for the people of Israel. They had these instructions from Ezekiel, and yet they didn't have the resources to do it. For those who had never had a temple to, to worship God in, it still would have been fantastic. It would have been amazing. This would have been a new thing for them. But for those who had seen the old temple before, it would have been a complete disappointment. It would have been a terrible reminder of what had been, how special things used to be, and the longing for the past, and maybe even a measure of guilt because the one was destroyed was under their watch. So amongst this community, we have two groups of people seeing the same thing, both having very strong reactions to it. One group overjoyed, the other completely overcome with sorrow. Verse 13 says it like this, you know, no one could distinguish the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound would heard far away. And I think this is really important for us today because there is so much noise happening. It was impossible to tell if the people were sad or happy about it. And it doesn't seem like between these groups of people, there was a lot of listening and a lot of conversation happening between the two groups. This year is going to be different for all of us. For some of us, it may be a year filled with joy and a whole bunch of us with a whole bunch of good stuff happening. For others, it will be a year filled with sadness, a really difficult year. And sometimes the same event, when experienced by different people and seen through different eyes, can bring one person joy and another person sadness. I mean, the the property market going up is good for those who have property, but it's terrible news for those wanting to break into the market. Changes to industrial relations laws will either you know, benefit workers or benefit businesses and rarely benefit both. Uh, each year when the federal government releases their budget, we hear about winners and losers. Making changes the way we do church here could make this space a lot more accessible to people outside the church and yet cause a huge disruption to those already here. 
And we've also seen uh, things play out in a big way over the last year with people holding very different opinions on how to best manage a pandemic. I hope that in this church we can be sensitive to those around us, to take the time to understand those who are in different situations and have different life experiences to us. Something that we might want to celebrate could be exactly the same thing that a neighbour might have been dreading. So let's understand others, particularly the older ones among us who has been there and done that and seen that. Let us walk in wisdom and grace together this year. The other important teaching out of this passage today is that when we are met with disappointment, to remember that God is still at work and he has ways of working things out for the best in the midst of bad situations. This is the message that the prophet Haggai spoke to the people of Jerusalem when this temple building was happening and about their disappointment. Haggai 2, uh, verses 1, says this. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through to the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, uh, to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does this new one not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I love this. God doesn't start by just saying, stop complaining, Stop, stop whinging about this temple, you silly people. Instead, he acknowledges Uh, what those who had seen the old temple and the people who were disappointed. And he agrees with them, you know, does this not seem like nothing? He affirmed how they felt, but he told them to be strong and to work. Why? Because God was with them and he was going to fill the house with glory. All the gold and silver in the world belongs to God and he would make this temple special, even more lavishly appointed than the previous temple the glory of this temple would be greater than the last one. And the best part about what he says is the bit he says at the end. And in this place, I will grant peace, the shalom of God. That's cool. And that is greater than jewelry, greater than anything. Remember from the last week I spoke about how the peace in the the Old Testament is shalom, that sense of right relationships, right relationships between people and God, right relationships between people and each other, and right relationships between people and the rest of creation. That's the best gift ever. And of course, you know, surprise, surprise, uh, God was right. Because the temple that was started here in Zerubbabel's day, 
It was refurbished over the years. And then Herod the Great did a massive renovation of it so that by the time that Jesus walked the earth, it was indeed much, much more impressive than the one built by Solomon. Uh, here's an image of what we think it was probably like. Uh, and we've got a pretty good idea, actually, because we've got, you know, they're now moving into the first century. We've got a lot more historian-type people writing stuff about what it was all like. And it was really, really impressive, a, 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 like a wonder of the world. And the disciples knew that this was a special place. So that when him, when the disciples and Jesus were working through it, um, uh, Mark 13 records a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. The disciples say to Jesus, they say, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. And yet, in response to the disciples gushing about how incredible the temple was, Jesus gives them a reality check. And he declares, Do you see... All these great buildings, replied Jesus, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Oh, what a killjoy, Jesus. But him saying this is important. Firstly, because it was true. You know, uh, about 40 years later, after Jesus had this conversation with his disciples, the Romans destroyed this temple and it would be never built again. And secondly, there's a reason why God allowed the temple to be destroyed, and it's because there was already another temple. Jesus said of the temple in John 2, Destroy this temple, and I'll raise it again in three days. They replied, But it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple that Jesus had spoken of was his body. This temple building could be easily done away with because there was a new temple, Jesus Christ. He was the new place where heaven and earth met. He was the sacrifice through whom sins could be forgiven. He was the one way to the Father, and he facilitated intimacy with God. Jesus wasn't a building. He was much, much better. The people of God in Zerubbabel's day, they were disappointed that the temple did not look as grand as it used to be. But God was already at work doing something better. The people of God in Jesus' day were very proud of their temple and how grand it was. And perhaps they're a little too proud of it and made it into an idol. But it too was only temporary. And it foreshadowed something much, much greater because God was at work doing something better. Too often the people were focused on the external building rather than what God was doing. And for me... That's an incredible lesson for us heading into 2022, especially for those of us who have you know, elaborate plans to build something great. <laughs> maybe we're disappointed with how the last few years have gone, and maybe this year will be even worse. Well, maybe it will be much, much better. Maybe it will be mixed. Maybe your elaborate plans will only result in something very small. <sighs> uh, if I'm honest with you, uh, this year's been off to a pretty awful start for me uh, with some really sad news in our community that has really rattled me and I was not okay yesterday. But regardless of how the years goes, 2022 is temporary and God is at work and he's doing something greater. So this year it is my prayer that we do not focus on the temporary because it'll most likely we'll have a mixed bag. This year may or may not be better than 2021. There will certainly be disappointment this year. There will be some joy this year. But through it all, God will be at work 
doing something great amongst us, just like he was there in the time of Zerubbabel's temple and did great things. May we each look to the new temple, Jesus Christ, the place where heaven and earth meet. May we believe him, follow him, and live under his rule and reign. And by doing so, you know, may we not be caught up in the vapor that is 2022. Instead, keep our eye on Jesus and experience a little bit of heaven and earth on 2022. For in him is the place where heaven and earth meet. Let's pray. God, this is a, this is a new year, just like the one before. Um, but we want to thank you, God, that you are there through it and you are constant through it. You are there with us. You are for us. You are, are, are cheering us on, God. And so as we uh, embark upon whatever it is that we're trying to build this year, whether it be something really, really ambitious or maybe something a little bit more humble, God, we want to pray that we can make sure we keep our eyes fixed on you. So regardless of what comes this year, whether it be good or bad, uh, we will be anchored to you and we will be you know, okay because we have you in our lives. I want to pray that as we uh, as, as events occur this year that, 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 that cause us either to be full of joy or full of disappointment, may we also be sensitive to those around us who are feeling differently about the same thing. May we as a true community you know, feel each other's pain and walk with each other through that. And I pray, that, pray God that we might be an incredible witness to those around us as we walk through this year with incredible faith Uh, secure in our hope that you are doing great things amongst us in the midst of whatever it is we're facing. So thank you for this time, God. Your praise and glory goes to you. Amen.